Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. necessarily mean the seeker-friendly churches of the late 90s and 2000s. I'm more focusing on something that may be fairly unique in just the U.S., but there are churches that uh, advertise a, uh, a focus not necessarily a biblical focus, but a focus on the kind of people they kind of want to attract. All right. Now, they make it very clear that even though they're attracting a certain kind of person, they don't necessarily exclude everyone else. However, if you don't fit that particular mold, you might find the experience a little a little different. So, now, I have to say, I have attended many different kinds of churches and even a service in one of these churches. And specifically, there's two different kinds, but there's a lot different. There's a lot more. There is the cowboy church, okay, and there is the motorcycle uh, church. So, the cowboy church in the U.S. is, of course, into people who love the cowboy aesthetic, okay? The cowboy kind of way of doing things. Uh, so, they have the boots and the and the button-down shirts and the hats and the things like that, which is, hey, cool. Um, which I find kind of interesting because overseas, uh, and of course I'm from Texas, uh, most people feel like, or at least the mystique overseas sometimes, is that if you're from Texas, you have these things. Now, oddly enough, uh, at one point, I did, uh, but I look really goofy in a uh, in a cowboy hat. Oddly enough, I don't look too bad in an Australian hat, uh, but I have this English kind of head, so I look better in a cap. But here's the story. Uh, in uh, in these churches, you know, they will have a kind of a barn style situation out back of the church where they will have a service and then they'll go and ride or rope or do, do whatever they do and uh, and it's and it's interesting because really it's kind of uh, it's reaching out to some people who feel more that kind of way of life uh, now, uh, does that mean 
that cowboys don't go to any other church? No. Does that mean they'll kick you out if you show up and you're not kind of like that? No, but you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe not because they make you feel that way, but because you're not going to look like everybody else. Now, on the biker churches, I knew a pastor and worked with a pastor who was a very fine man of a biker church. And he dressed like a biker. Uh, And he had the leather vest with his uh, colors on the back, is what they call it. Uh, he, you know, the t-shirt, he, he looked wind-driven, you know, the skin on, you know, he looked like he was a biker, and he rode up on a Harley, and seemed to favor, you know, driving around anywhere on a bike. He had the long hair, and the beard, and he looked the part. He was everything having to do with that culture, And and he was a fantastic guy. Fantastic guy. So now, I'm not throwing stones, okay? But here's the thing, I guess, that disturbs me, and it's not necessarily about those churches and churches similar to that. You know, because look, you could have a, a tennis church, a basketball church, a football church. In fact, we've almost got a football church in the U.S. Everybody worships football so hard, and um, by that I mean American football, not, of course, you know, hey, European football, which is what Americans call soccer. That gets worshipped pretty hard too in other places, uh, in certain places in the U.S. So here's the thing. You can have a church for just about any niche you want, any little group. Now, here's what kind of I find a little disturbing. Why is it that people feel they're not comfortable with other people in just a church, a regular church? And I know that there are churches where there are cowboy-type people showing up, you know, and not everybody in there is, you know, doing that, dressing like that. And they feel comfortable. I know there are churches that bikers show up at, and they don't feel uncomfortable. There are. Where? I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but I'm sure they're out there. Now, here's the thing. What is it that, what is it about the church that has made people believe they can't be who they are inside the doors? No matter what kind of church it is. Think about that for a second. And I'm not talking about denominations, okay? I mean, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, Episcopal, well, you know, Baptist, Assembly of God, just keep going. What is it about the doors and the inside of that church? And the and it's not the building, it's the people. What is it where these people can't show up and feel 1,000% comfortable right where they're at. That disturbs me. 
not necessarily that people want to group with you know like attitudes uh you know people do that have been doing that forever they usually do that in like fraternal organizations though and things it just kind of unnerves me a little bit that people feel the need to do that um because i've been going through a class in the apostle paul uh, auditing the class it was in the great courses series and this is a guy i will highly recommend to you not because he and i are the exact same background but number one he's eminently knowledgeable but also what i love about this particular professor is that he shows you what other scholars believe he will tell of the other opinions and then he'll tell you what he thinks I love that. I love that. And he doesn't disparage somebody else's opinion. He he doesn't roll his eyes. You, know, you don't get the impression he's rolling his eyes. Oh, man, these other scholars are idiots. You don't get that. And that's why I like listening to this man. But it, it's... it's uh, his name is Dr. L.T. Johnson. Okay. Luke Timothy Johnson. God bless him. Okay. Now... Uh, and I don't know him. I, he's never met me. I, he, I'm not getting paid. Any, any of this other weirdness, okay? I, he, literally, we are utterly strangers from each other, but I love his work. Now, he, he had this to say. And, and, and I really, really like that. He said the church is the sacrament of the world's possibilities. I'm going to say that again. The church is the sacrament of the world's possibilities. Okay. Now, here's another quote. And he says, If the church becomes an instrument of division, then it has failed its mission. End quote. If the church becomes an instrument of division then it has failed its mission. Now, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And where we have an environment, if you have an environment in the U.S. or anywhere in the world, where the church of the living God in Jesus Christ makes people feel that they can't belong there because they dress a certain way. Like a biker or a cowboy. Or maybe they dress up or maybe they dress down or maybe they like, like you know, blue jeans. Then that's a problem. Now... Another another reason, so in, in some ways I feel like the church is being divisive when you have people who feel like they can't show up. We're supposed to be a hospital for, sem- for sinners, not a seminary necessarily, and, well, and a seminary for saints. A hospital for, sem- for sinners, 
and a seminary for saints. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's the thing. And I understand that some people are are going to get into lifestyle issues and they're going to say, "Well, I don't understand, you know, that can't, you know, that can't show up." Well, again, how are they going to hear without a preacher? And if somebody is willing to darken the doors of a church to hear the word of God, then somebody needs to share it with them. So let's look at a few a few things having to do with uh, with the Bible. So we've got First Corinthians twelve, and this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And by the way, they were a mess. Uh, they were a hot chocolate mess of nuts. Of, of just nutty stuff, and and he was trying to help them. But here's here's what they said, or here's what he said to them. And this again is First uh, Corinthians twelve fourteen through nineteen. He says, "For the body does not co- consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to you, and that would not make it less, any less, a part of the body." And if you hear, and if the ear should say, because I'm not, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, then where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. For all were a single member where would, you know, it says, if all was a single member, where would the body be? So, every church is a, a microcosm, it is a small example of the body of Christ. So if you have a, a nose that looks like a cowboy and an ear that looks like a biker, how are you going to, are you cool with that? And if you're not, you need to get with God and work that problem out before you see him. Now, a lot of people justify these divisions. Okay, They say, oh, no, no, this was cold. No sweat, no sweat. And, and they usually, what they do is they lean on Isaiah 55, 11. Where God is saying, so my word, oh, it says, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I send it. And usually they paraphrase that by saying, the word of God will never return void. Okay. In their brains, it's like it, it works this way. As long as the word of God's getting out there, as long as it's it doesn't matter what kind of what kind of uh, you know vessels you know putting it out there. Well, yeah, yes and no, <laughs> because we're supposed to want to do the best we can for God. And. My concern 
with niche churches is that are you doing your due diligence with the Word of God? Are you studying? Is your pastor the smartest dude in the room when it comes to the Word of God? Because if he's not, he should be, or she should be. When they walk in that room, they need to be in the top five of the smartest people in the biblical studies department in that church. And they should be trying to be number one. Because the primary thing a pastor is supposed to do is rightly divide the word of truth, and you can't do that if all you're doing is sticking with, sticking with what you know. And some people, well, I just know the gospel and that's good enough for me. Well, I get it. But here's the problem. And even Paul had this problem with the Corinthians. And he even said, said this to, you know, and, and, and the writer of Hebrews said, look, some of you guys ought to be teachers by now. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Anytime you get a pastor or a minister that wants to stay stupid, you need to leave. Or you need to, to work with that pastor or, or something. I don't know. Okay? Uh, light a little fire under him. Say, look, hey, you're the pastor. <laughs> you're supposed to be smarter than everybody in here when it comes to the Word of God. And that, that does not mean, that does not necessarily mean they can, they can rapid fire a whole bunch of Bible verses at everybody from all over the Bible. What I'm talking about is context. And context has to do with the history, the language, the culture, and the one I add is the archaeology. So here's the thing. Now, if you got a if you have somebody at a biker pulpit and you got somebody at a at a country at a at a, at a uh, cowboy church who who's got that jazz and they are absolutely teaching up a windstorm of spirit-filled fantastic, then go. Go for it. I just hope their their arms are open to everybody. Because Lance, if you can find a, a source of uh, the, the water of God that's that cool, you need to drink heavy. But anyway... The other thing is that is the one verse that is the one verse Look at Romans 10:11 And this verse is uh This verse is heavy. For the, for the scripture saith, Whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So no matter how you dress, you know, no matter if you got pink hair, if you got if you have gauges, if you got earrings, if you got piercings, you got understandably, look you should be able to find a church that will look at you and say, okay, come be with us. 
And if we can't do that, then we're being divisive. And if we're being divisive, just like Dr. Johnson said, the church is failing at its mission. And that's the honest truth on that. So, with that in mind, let me reiterate, let me say one more time. I don't have... I don't always agree with specialty churches, but it's not because I don't like the theme. It's because it pains me to know that they can't or maybe don't find camaraderie in a church that has all kinds of people in it. Because to me, that's the spice of life. Because they're people. And they know some really cool stuff. And I like sharing with different kinds of people. That may be just me. I don't know. But different kinds of people really, really excite me. And the fact that God can work with any kind of person. Any kind. The Holy Spirit can do that. I think it's amazing. You know, I know now in the... uh, in the U.S., a lot of pastors now you'll see uh, with the the vests and the and the tattoos and stuff. Once upon a time, they would never let somebody in a pulpit that had that, that kind of jazz. So I think, in some ways, we're getting to a less divisive thought process. But but again, how biblically grounded are we? That's really the case. If anything, that should be. That should be the linchpin. That should be the thing that, that we're focusing on. Is the Bible and the growth of the people in the church and the outreach. Yeah? Prayer, Bible study, and outreach. So anyway, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on and get closer to the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through Jesus' his son. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your own.